The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Tonight we are previewing previewing the Ohio State at Indiana uh, opener. It's game game days coming up on Thursday, uh, so very excited. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs, co-host TJ Inman uh, will be along with us via phone shortly, so uh, hang on. Uh, just uh, some PSAs to pass along uh, for Thursday for fans going to the game. Uh, parking lots open at 8 a.m. Uh, make sure you get there early. IU has been stressing that uh, for a couple weeks, it seems. Uh, so, you know, do uh, do that. Get get there early. Avoid traffic on 37. All four lanes uh, will be open on 37, I think, the entire way. So that, that should ease traffic. Uh, college game day is set to be live inside the stadium. IU put out uh, an info uh, packet on that today. I uh, will put out a link to that on Twitter. Uh, they said that fans can make their own signs. They have to be appropriate, of course. Uh, fans can also watch game day in the stadium. Stadium gates open at at uh, at 530. Uh, you could enter uh, through gates E8, W2, and W4. So that's one gate on the east side, two gates on the west side uh, of the stadium. And the show is also going to be shown live on the video board in the north end zone. Uh, fans can sit in sections 31 and 32 to be as close uh, to the game day set as possible. Uh, fans will not be allowed on the field uh, for the show as teams will be warming up. But, uh, you know, after that, it, it should be uh, a, fun, a fun day. Also, college football countdown at 5 o'clock and college football live at 4 o'clock will also air from inside Memorial Stadium. Uh, now we welcome TJ Inman to the show. Uh, TJ, it is finally game week. Uh, we're finally finally there. The countdown to kickoff ends tomorrow. How excited are you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pumped up, obviously. Um, you know, as I kind of wrote in my game article, there's there's no way around uh, the, the excitement and the anticipation and the just the weight of this game, um, there, there's no way around it. You cannot sugarcoat it. And I think that Tom Allen and Fred Glass have been uh, very smart in that they have pretty much embraced uh, what a great opportunity this is for this football program, not necessarily in just winning the game, which obviously is the goal, uh, but just in the, the uh, overall attention and excitement that this generates and uh, the opportunity to build your football program in the eyes of recruits, in the eyes of just kind of national college football fans, and perhaps most importantly, just in the eyes of the uh, of the campus and in the eyes of the the local fan base. Uh, it's it's hard to envision uh, a larger opportunity um, given to you at the start of the season than what Indiana has in front of it Thursday night. 
Yeah, and it's going to be a chance for Bloomington to experience. Now, I use played in the Big Ten, so they, they are a big time in a big time football conference, but this is them yeah. to experience a, a big time college football atmosphere that probably Bloomington hasn't seen in a long, long time uh, with game day and everything being there. And, and I, I just hope that that fans make it to the stadium and get there on time and get there early and create the atmosphere that this game deserves. Uh, and, and that's, that's my big hope from this. I did the weather's supposed to be good. So let's get into previewing the game. Uh, TJ, let's start with some matchups to watch. What is your, your matchup to watch? Well, I do think that the first, you know, obvious one, um, that we won't spend a ton of time on as a matchup to watch just because it is such low hanging fruit. Um, but I mean, again, this is something there's no air around. Indiana's offensive line has to do an adequate job of standing up to Ohio state's defensive line. Uh, the Buckeyes D line is one of the best units in the country, not just one of the best D lines, one of the best units period. Uh, they've got, four or five guys that are potential all Big Ten players. Um, you know, Tyquan Lewis, Tracy Sprinkle, uh, Draymond Jones, Sam Hubbard are listed as the starters, which means that Nick Bosa and Robert Landers, who are tremendous talents in their own rights, uh, you know, those guys are rotating in uh, as fresh bodies. They go six or seven deep of just tremendous talents, uh, run stoppers, pass rushers, really a fearsome unit that could take over the game and render everything else a moot point. Uh, so Indiana's offensive line has to be up to the challenge there, and everything else is going to flow from, from that in terms of IU's offense versus the defense. And for me, if that pass or if that, uh, that offensive line can do a good enough job, they're not going to take Ohio State's D line out of the game. Uh, but if they can do an adequate job of just holding their own, uh, I think the, the key matchup for me that I'm going to watch is Ohio State's inexperienced secondary uh, and rebuilt secondary against the Hoosiers passing game. Um, if if I use line holds its own, Richard Lego will have an opportunity here. Uh, Ohio State has to replace, uh, you know, three NFL players uh, from that secondary last year, Malik Hooker, Marshawn Lattimore, Gary and Conley. All three are in the NFL now. Uh, the corners for the Buckeyes projected to be junior Denzel Ward and sophomore Damon Arnett. Ward had a really good number of reps last season, uh, enough that you could consider him kind of a returning starter. Uh, he's got it rotated in quite a bit in nickel packages and even rotated in uh, when they were you know, up a pretty significant margin. Um, but you know, again, he has not been relied upon as the guy in the secondary covering a number one wideout like he'll be asked to against the Hoosiers. Um, and then you've got uh, the backups are, are either sophomores or freshmen with limited or no experience. Uh, they've got some really talented guys there that I think by the end of the year might even be starting. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda, Sean Wade are two of those players. But, you know, no experience for them at the D1 level, and Thursday night's a really huge stage uh, for them to get that first. You know, there's no easing into action when you're going up against Simikovs, Nick Westbrook, Donovan Hale, uh, Jay Sean Harris, Luke Timian uh, on, on primetime television uh, in a really big game and what could be 
a hostile environment. Who knows? Uh, we, we could be able to say that for Indiana football. That'd be awesome if we could. Uh, so Ohio State saw some regression in their past coverage last year. Um, despite that NFL talent, uh, past pass defense-wise, they were not quite as good as they had been the year before. Uh, they were still good, but there was a little bit of regression there. So, you know, you, you've got a unit that regressed a tad bit in 2016, having to replace three NFL players. I think by the end of the season or even the middle of the season, that could be, uh, once again, a really dominant unit, particularly with their defensive line in front of them and a good group of linebackers. But I think in the end of getting that secondary at the time you want to get them, and uh, Richard Lego and the Hoosiers' uh, passing attack, I think, is going to have an opportunity to put up some numbers, and they're going to really have to if Indiana's going to have a chance. Yeah, that was uh, our own Alex Compton's uh, matchup to watch. Article today was Indiana's wide receivers uh, versus Ohio State secondary. So take a look at that on um, on, on HoosierHuddle.com. I'm going to go with Tigray Scales versus JT Barrett. In last year's game, JT Barrett absolutely killed IU with his feet. Uh, he couldn't throw the ball last year, and it, it seemed like that game started his season-long funk uh, throwing the ball. So, you know, Tigre, whether or not they're going to spy Tigray on, on defense uh, in that read option game, uh, I'm under the impression that it is going to be Urban Meyer's offense with Kevin Wilson, uh, Kevin Wilson throwing the or, calling the plays. So we'll see how much different it is from last year's uh, Ohio State offense. Maybe there's some a few different wrinkles, but I, I force uh, Tigris, or force JT Barrett to throw the ball uh, to to the, this young receiving core, and IU has a veteran secondary. So, you know, taking JT Barrett's run game away with Tigris Scales is, is my matchup to watch. Uh, of course, the you know, as you said, low-hanging fruit was offensive line. Uh, I use offensive line versus the uh, Ohio State defensive line. And in our keys to victory, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but if they could keep Richard Lego upright and, and clean uh, for most of the night, now I don't think they'll, they'll shut out uh, Ohio State's defensive line. But if they can keep him upright, it, it'll go a long way towards a, towards an IU victory. Uh TJ, what are some of those uh, things that IU needs to do to win? Well, what's one of the things that they need to do to win? Yeah, yeah. My first, uh, first for me is going to be, uh, and you kind of touched on it with Tigger Scales versus Barrett, uh, containing the run game. Um, last year, you mentioned Barrett really killed IU with his legs. Uh, he had 145 rushing yards. Ohio State ran for 290. Um, and Indiana had just 99 yards rushing, which is 2.5 yards to carry. Uh, Mike Weber is going to be the main tailback for the Buckeyes, but do not be at all surprised to see the freshman J.K. Dobbins get uh, quite a bit of work. There's been really a lot of buzz around him uh, and Mike Weber. There's uh, He might not be 100%. Uh, he's dealing with the, the hamstring issue. Um, so, I think that J.K. Dobbins is going to get quite a bit of work, and um, word from Columbus is that the Ohio State coaches really think he could be a, a special player in time. Um, he's got really great balance, and uh, was a well-regarded recruit coming out of high school. You know, of course he was. He went to Ohio State. Um, I, I think that preventing Barrett from taking over the game 
with his legs is obviously going to be critical. In addition, IU's got to find a way to muster better than 2.5 yards to carry. Uh, if Indiana's out gained by nearly 200 rushing yards on Thursday night like it was last year, I think you'll end up with a very similar result to what you had last year, which is Indiana, um, you know, losing that game by, by 20-plus points. Um, I don't think the Hoosiers can have that type of rushing discrepancy and expect to be around. I, I agree with that, and, and I'll go. Um, I was, I, I'll talk about the special teams uh, part of keys to victory in a second, but being balanced on offense is going to be key for IU. As you said, you know, they they struggled with the run game last year. Some of that was play calling. Some of that was personnel. Uh, you, you know, IU created an early. T- IU created two takeaways that game uh, and got the ball inside the the Ohio State 15-yard line or so, uh, deep in Ohio State territory, and they ran Devine Redding up gut. Now, there were some holes, and he ran well early um, that maybe a faster back takes takes for a touchdown. Uh, It wasn't IU's offensive line getting dominated. It was the holes were quick. They were there, but the running back wasn't as quick. I think this year's group of running backs, uh, despite what some people uh, say uh, who who haven't watched them as much, I, I think this is a really good group. I, you know, there's every guy brings a little something different, but they're all they all have uh, more explosiveness than Divine Redding has had, and I think that's going to help especially with these holes that are going to close up pretty quickly with this Ohio State front seven, uh, especially with Jerome Baker at, at linebacker. These holes are, are going to be flashes in the pan. And if he could hit, hit a hole with a guy like Cole Guest or, or Morgan Ellison or, or Mike Bajet, uh, Devontae Williams, those guys are going to get eight or nine yards where Devine Redding might have gotten two or three last year. So that should help. And just it'll keep the defense honest. IU's strength is definitely on paper is in their receivers uh, and in the throwing game. So instead of having Ohio State drop, you know, five or six guys, they're going to have to, if you could run the ball, they're going to have to play honestly to to the run. And that should open up the pass game a little bit more. I I don't want to put a magic number on how many yards IU has to rush for, uh, but if they could get to four yards a carry, uh, it'll go a long way as as well. Um, you know, you, you chew up a little bit of clock, you extend possessions, uh, and you keep that Ohio State defense out on the field. You rest your defense. And Kevin Wilson wanted to, to shorten that game last year, did it to a point, but he got too conservative. And, uh, you know, but shortening the game is good. If you could shorten the game and put up points, uh, that's the recipe for victory is chew up time and then score touchdowns. So, uh, you know, being balanced on offense, throwing the ball uh, and, and and running it at the same time is going to be huge. What is your next key uh, to victory, TJ? Well, I'm going to go uh, – I think Indiana needs to hit some big plays. Uh, some – now that, that could come on offense, uh, which I use offense struggled – uh, to generate those explosive plays in 2016, you know, part of that was due to not having Simi Cobbs or Jason Harris. Uh, part of it was due to Divine Redding's lack of top-end speed. You know, and part of that's going to be just due to defensive schemes uh, taking things away from Indiana's offense and Indiana not being able to, to take the top off the defense. Uh, 
Um, IU's going to have to do a much better job of finding those explosive plays in 2017, and that starts on Thursday night. Uh, the big plays are generally, for me, they're considered plays of more than 25 yards. But I do think Indiana's going to have to hit a couple of long 50-plus yard plays uh, to give themselves a shot. And big plays don't only have to come from the offense. You know, the defense forcing a few turnovers or the special teams unit making a few uh, game-changing returns or, or blocking a punt or, uh, you know, figuring out a way to, to block a kick and do a scoop and score as Penn State did against the Buckeyes last year, which really changed that game. Going to have to have plays like that to pull off a mammoth upset like this. Uh, so for me, those explosive plays that just change momentum and galvanize uh, Indiana's crowd and, and the sideline, those are going to be necessary if the Hoosiers want to pull off the upset. Yeah, I, I agree there. And my next key was going to be they need to, to make a big play on special teams, whether that's blocking a kick, scoring a touchdown or a return, having a big return, getting a big field goal from Griffin Oaks, you know, uh, to to end the half or something or at the end of the game. They need one of those plays uh, to kind of swing 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 the, the pendulum in their favor. Um, but to, to go away from that, uh, they've got to win the turnover battle. Uh, and it's something that IU struggled with last year. They were minus six in turnover margin. They gave the ball away 29 times. They took it away 23 times. Uh, from all indications, Richard Lego has looked better in practice. He's grown as a leader and, and as a passer. So if he could cut down on the interceptions, if the running backs and receivers could cut down on the fumbles that they had last year and the defense could continue to be that ball hawking defense that we saw last year improved to this year, you have you know, Richard Fan at three interceptions uh, in his career. Uh, two last year. Jonathan Crawford is seven to his name. Tony Fields has a couple interceptions. Ashawn Riggins has a has a pick. Uh, Andre Brown has a nose for the ball. Uh, Tigray Scales, uh, you know, can make plays in space uh, against the pass and, and rip the ball out uh, in the run. Chris Covington could do that too. Uh, and the defensive line that Nate Hoff and those guys, they could all create um, takeaways on defense. And you got it. That's how you steal possessions and steal points. Usually a takeaway. Uh, results in taking points off the board for the offense or uh, giving the opposing offense great field position. So that that's how you that's how you steal a point. And then, you know, just, just getting something to spark this crowd as well. Uh, that, that, uh, an early interception, a fumble recovery like they did last year when Pat Doherty uh, recovered a fumble deep in Ohio State territory, Ashawn Riggins with a pick too. Those those plays are going to fire up this crowd and and get them to stay for the entire game and give them momentum. From from what I've been hearing, Ohio State has returned some of their tickets that were allotted to them. Uh, I, I don't know how, how many there were, but all of a sudden the tickets were available in the Ohio State sections. Uh, and from what I've heard from the from the athletic department is that most of the tickets that were sold through them have been to Indiana addresses or Indiana area codes, however they track them. Now, I don't know the final destination of those tickets. There are a ton of tickets on StubHub, so who knows? Uh, but I think this is going to be a pro-IU crowd, a largely pro-IU crowd. Uh, and if they could get an early takeaway, it's going to be 
be uh, it's going to be a, a zoo, and it's going to you know. Ohio State's used to playing in these games. It's something that Indiana's going to have to get used to. TJ, what do you, you know, you said you liked how they embrace this, but is there something that IU needs to do to keep them from from getting caught up in the moment too much? It's a, it's a very, very tough task for the coaching staff, and I'm sure that, uh, it, well, I mean, Tom Allen wouldn't have it any other way for his first, you know, his first real game in charge. I mean, you could say that the bowl game was, but this is, you know, this is his team now, his program now, and, and I think this is the first game where you can say that. Uh, and I'm sure he wouldn't have it any other way, but still, this is a significant challenge uh, for a guy in his first uh, first FBS head coaching game to, like you said, figure out a way to, to keep these players from getting too geared up for this. I mean, this has been, uh, it's been on obviously on the schedule as the, as the opener. And since then um, it's only built in excitement and anticipation as more and more things get tacked onto it. College game day coming honoring Lee Corso, um, you know, Ohio state getting number two in the polls, uh, the excitement around campus, uh, just, you know, all the things that have been added on to this game. And it, it's it's important to embrace it, and I think that that's been the, the right move. But it is going to be difficult to, uh, you know, for guys like Richard Lego, who has spent so much of the off season working on improving his decision-making and being okay with check downs uh, and, and trying to do a better job of taking care of the ball. Well, I mean, nothing – would undo that for at least one game quicker than being too riled up and uh, trying a little bit too hard to make a big play early and force a ball in there that gets picked off and deflates the crowd a little bit. Uh, so I think that that's probably what I'm most concerned about is that uh, Richard Lego gets a little bit too geared up and, and, just for one play, forgets all that work he put in on decision-making, tries to force it in, and Ohio State's secondary makes a play, which does two things. One, uh, might put a little doubt in Indiana's offense's mind. And number two, it builds confidence in the Ohio State secondary, uh, which, again, as I said, inexperienced, um, and, it, you know, giving them that type of confidence early on uh, would obviously be, you know, a, a down uh, negative for Lego and the, and the Hoosiers. So that's probably the one thing I'm most concerned about, but I, I do have faith that uh, once the game kicks off and you get through those first few season opening jitters, I think it settles into being, at least for the players, not for the fans, but for the players, I think it does settle into being a game between two talented teams, one of them more talented than the other, but still the Hoosiers are talented. Uh, between two talented Big Ten teams that, uh, you know, are going to go at each other. I think the Kevin Wilson stuff goes out the window very quickly. I think the game day stuff goes out the window very quickly. And it, it just turns into a game between two teams, and it comes down to who, uh, who executes better and who is able to make those big plays, you know, on third down or when you're in the, uh, in the red zone or the scoring zone executing better, like it's going to come down to those things, not, you know, who 
who deals with the, the pressure better because I do think that that stuff will fade away pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think I think it will fade away pretty quickly once once you get into the game, once you get you know maybe a drive or two in. Uh, but my big worry, like you, besides just kind of being overwhelmed by the moment and forgetting all the stuff that you've learned in the off season is, you know, you're too juiced up and you make a a, a play that that costs the team a penalty. Uh, you know, a late hit out of bounds, jumping off sides. Uh, false starts, things like that um, are a good way to, to shoot yourself in the foot. That's what I'm worried about is just losing focus for a little bit, uh, especially if IU takes the ball on the first drive. I, I I would defer. If I if I win the toss, I'm deferring. I'm going to put my strength out there. And not saying that, that, that Tom Allen doesn't trust his offense, but I, I would rather have my offense starting the second half uh, with a one half under their belts and then Start the start the game with defense on the field, and it, it would give you a huge confidence boost if you could get that Ohio State to punt on their first drive. Uh, fans will get into it and just avoid those penalties. Just avoid the late hit out of bounds, the the incidental face masks. You know things that you saw that IU did against FIU last year. They had FIU stopped uh, T Gray. I think it was T Gray Scales. Uh, Sacks quarterback grabs him by the face mask. Um, busted coverage in Marcelino Ball, you know, things like that, jumping off sides on a third and four, giving them first downs. Those are the things, the opening night jitters that I worry about on the first drive. After that, uh, you know, it's it's anybody's game. If you could, if IU could survive the first drive of each team uh, and still be in this game, you're in you're in for a dogfight, and that goes for the first five minutes of the second half too. If you could survive the first five minutes, the last five minutes of the first half, and, and the same at the end of the game, you're in for a dogfight. And, and this game's going to be—it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm speaking as a fan now. It is—I'm getting restless for for this game. So it's going to be awesome either way. Uh, but I, I think that the atmosphere plays into the, those first five minutes, the first two drives for each team. Uh, a little bit, uh, TJ. Let's get to predictions, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll be done with the podcast and on to game day. Yeah, I, I struggled with this quite a bit, and I I do want to make it clear I'm I'm very high on this Indiana team and the potential uh, that it has to have itself a, a very nice season. I, I do think the Hoosiers are going to quit themselves uh, quite well on Thursday night show they're capable of having a very strong season. Um, but I, I happen to think that the Buckeyes are one of the best four teams in the country. Um, and I, I expect them to win the Big Ten. And I think the Thursday night is going to be the first step for them to make just enough big plays to get out of Wilmington with a win. Uh, eventually pulling away just a tad bit for 34 to 20 victory. Uh, so Ohio State 34, Indiana 20. Uh, but I do think that the Hoosiers uh, make it a, a tight contest throughout and really make Ohio State work for it, play well to get the win. Um, and I'm not suggesting Indiana should should walk away from that, you know, thrilled with some type of moral victory. Uh, but I am suggesting that I think Indiana. Uh, will play well enough to give fans some real hope for the rest of the season. And since it's our last podcast before the season kicks off, I guess we'll get our official season predictions in there, and I'll go with 7-5 and five for the Hoosiers if we haven't done that already. I, I, my memory is, is uh, 
slipping some, but uh, I'm going to go seven and five regular season game, whoever that is. Um, and I think that would qualify as a breakthrough uh, for the Hoosiers. And that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking forward to. I can't wait for Thursday night to get this thing rolling. Yeah, Thursday night's going to be awesome. And, you know, I, we did our, our Q&A with, with the Bucknut site, which is uh, Ohio State's 247 site. I gave my prediction on there, and I made the mistake of looking at the comments and, and People are calling me a clown for saying that it'd be that close. So half of me really, really wants uh, to say IU's going to win. Um, but uh, the more reasonable half of me uh, says that, you know, doing a prediction of betting on the game, uh, things like that, I, I, I have to pick Ohio State. IU is going to keep it close. I picked the final score 38 31. Uh, I, I think IU's offense is being underrated a little bit nationally uh, with, with Mike DeBoard coming in. He he was really good at Tennessee, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, you have Richard Lego who, who looks so much more improved. The running game's better than people expect. Uh, it's going to come down to the, can the offensive line create those opportunities? I think, you know, it might take some time for to feel each other out. I don't think Ohio State's going to score 80 points. As much as Kevin Wilson would love to score 100 points on IU, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, I think people are kind of oversold him at Ohio State. He's a great hire. He's a great offensive mind. But all of a sudden, uh, Ohio State's going to score 100 points a game? I don't think so. So I'm going to go Ohio State 38, IU 31 um, with the realist in me. The the crazy fan who is called a clown and just wants to beat Ohio State thinks IU is going to win. I think IU does have a good chance at this. they got to get off to a good start. They can't fall behind like they did last year uh, in certain things. They need to – we'll put our keys to victory out tomorrow. They have to hit every single one of those. Play, you know, play well in, in all three phases. Win the turnover battle. Uh you know, control your emotions. Don't get caught up in the moment. Uh, enjoy the moment, but don't get caught up in, in, in it. Uh, yeah, don't become one-dimensional on offense. That was a problem last year. We saw Indiana either became run-heavy and not effective, or they became pass-heavy and just didn't run the ball and, and still lost. Uh, so those are some of the keys that IU needs to do and, and make some plays on special teams uh, and, and contain that Ohio State running game. Uh Tom Allen said that this team does not need to play a perfect game uh, to win on Thursday. I agree with that. They don't need to play a perfect game, and I don't think they need to feel the pressure of playing a perfect game. They just need to execute certain things better than Ohio State does to do it. And if you win the turnover battle and get off the field on defense and make some plays in the red zone that you weren't making last year, they should be right in this to the end. And that's going to be, it's going to be a tremendous night on Thursday night. So TJ, thanks for, um, thanks for joining us. It's finally game day on Thursday. And uh, thanks for, for being along with us for, for the whole entire off season. Absolutely. Yeah. As always, uh, definitely uh, the pleasure is mine. I want to thank the, thank the listeners for sticking with us throughout the off season. And now we get to the good stuff. And we will have our uh, our post game show um, after the Ohio State game, uh, and of course we're hoping 
that, uh, like you said, that we can be celebrating a, a historic victory, but regardless of the outcome game, it is the first of a uh, – it's a long season, not as long as we'd all like, but uh, still, it's just the first game, and we'll be here for the whole season to cover all of it. So, uh, I, of course, you know, looking forward to getting this thing uh, underway, and we'll be here for the whole thing. Yep. All right, that does it for the Hoosier Huddle pregame show for Ohio State, Indiana. Games uh, kickoff is at 8 o'clock on Thursday night on ESPN. The game's on every channel on ESPN uh, with the mega cast. Uh, we also have uh, – we're going to do a live tailgate show that will be broadcast on our YouTube channel uh, at 3 o'clock in the parking lot. If you are in Bloomington, uh, come out to lot 10 or 11. Uh, it's the purple lots. It's actually in between. Uh, we'll be doing our tailgate show from there. Uh, with David Sugarman and Alex Compton and myself. And we'll also have a live post-game video on the field after the game uh, that we'll also put up on the site. So uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, and come back to our our site, HoosierHuddle.com, early and often for all your uh, IU football season coverage. Thank you, and have a good night. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 